listening to You Would Think, the Philadelphia Flyers podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Collington, and joining me once again, Mr. Kevin Durso. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, you will see that I am wearing a Philadelphia Eagles hoodie. No, I am uh, not, but I am wearing green. Well, you are wearing green, and honestly, I thought you were doing it on purpose, but we'll figure you know, that's fine. Uh, there's we'll talk an that element of purpose. Okay. I have been Bef- wearing green all week. I'll admit to that. So in case you uh, missed it, the Eagles won the NFC Championship game. We'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, before we get there, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Find us on sportstalkphilly.com. Okay. Super Bowl 52 will feature the Philadelphia Eagles. 57. I'm sorry. Roman numerals are hard. Um Super Bowl 57 will feature the Philadelphia Eagles. Super Bowl 52 also featured the Philadelphia Eagles. But that's in fairness, you just day. it literally you're, we're recording on February 5th, which is one day after yes. the five year anniversary. So you've had it thrown like you've had it put down your memories throat. Memories was fun land. yesterday. Exactly, yeah. like memories, and it was all over Twitter and Facebook. And if and... you if you watch the Philly special and you don't get a little bit of a tear in your eye, you're not a human being. <laughs> get out of my face. Uh, that uh, that memory for me is always it's not that it, I'm not trying to say it was like it's it's awesome right it's, it's always a little weird to me because I don't even remember having that much of a reaction to it live like it, it, it almost took time to process to be like wait a minute we just saw something that like and is among the, the greatest things like like reflection wise it became this bigger thing than it was in the moment because it was like and especially when the mic uh the mic'd up released and you know we we hear yeah, oh yeah that that adds to the lore you hear when, Nick Foles he call goes, for it really Doug Billy. Peterson pauses and goes yeah yeah let's do it yeah <laughs> there's, this, there's something awesome yeah. about the way he responds to that like yeah yeah he's like man it. this kid's this kid in this moment is trying to pull that trigger. Wow. Okay. Yep. And the coach went with it, which is even better. It might be the single greatest play in Philadelphia Eagles history. Oh, it's. I think it definitely is. I. It's up there. Um, like okay. Paul. Anyway, I mean, like if if you, later in that game, the play that I think also stands out is the strip sack. Oh, the strip fumble. sack. Absolutely. You know, reco- fumble recovery that pretty much. I mean, that sealed it. It does, but you were never certain because no, Tom Brady was on which, which, which also ties in because, by the way, like news drop on Monday morning after all the NFC after the uh, NFC AFC Championship, Tom Brady goes, "Hey, I'm retiring for good for this good time. this time, right? Yeah, we'll see if he gets that Brett Favre itch in mid August. We'll see. <laughs> um, so NFC Championship game, Brock Purdy gets hurt right away. Yep, <laughs> uh, backup. I forget his name. It sounds like Jack Johnson. I know it's Josh Johnson. Jack Josh Johnson. Uh, Josh Johnson gets hurt. Brock Purdy comes back in, can't throw. Eagles kind of walk to a big victory. This is um, like this is like three stores, three sports in one because you're we're a hockey podcast that you're talking football, and then the quarterback for the 49ers now needs Tommy John surgery, which is much <laughs> more a baseball term than that's funny than anything. But that's exactly I mean, what funny. happened. He tore he tore his UCL on that hit. Oh. It's awful. Yeah. It felt long time old. At this point, old Eagles fans Mm -hmm. will remember the body bag game. Oh, sure. Okay. Now, this wasn't quite that. Obviously, we didn't have carnage and destruction all over the field. But anytime you get down to 
well, we don't have a quarterback. So they're running gadget no, plays. Like, they're running McCaffrey because Brock Purdy's arms don't work. Right, well, and, and Purdy was able to at least be in the game, even though he's not physically capable of participating in the game the same I'm, way. I get I'm that. stunned he didn't start throwing left-handed or opposite-handed. I don't well, know if he's lefty what, or not. There was a, like Once you get to this level, there's mic'd up a lot. Right. George Kittle asked him, can you throw left-handed? Like, just to give it, like, he was literally sitting there, like, trying to pull anything he could, I guess, because, like, you're the tight end. You're perfectly fine, by the way. And in case you're a, a hockey purist listening to this show and you don't know football, by the way, being down three scores and having to run the ball every play, not, not really ideal. ideal. No, it's not. You'd like a quarterback who can, like, get the ball downfield. Um, it's crazy <laughs> to me that that game was 7-7 with three minutes left in the half, first half. I know. That that, that that quickly it turned into blown open and they never got close to being back in the game. And it had nothing like it's not that it had anything to do with their quarterback like it did, but it took him turning the ball over for all of a sudden for everything to feel like, oh, OK, they're in this net like they, they're in control now. Right. Like you kind of never like there was a re like. Like you're, you'll hear stories, and and some of this is true. Yes, the court, the main quarterback that they had, who's still their third stringer, goes out, and everybody like kind of got comfortable. I think there's or not everybody, but a lot of people did. Like, there's no way now they don't have enough weapon. Like they, they don't have a quarterback. How are they going to win this game? Yeah. But it was still seven seven. So like, there's a little element of where you're like, they're not doing anything offensively either, and they're healthy. What's going on? Right. It brought in, it brought a lot of stuff into question, but either way, you know, well, and we're all hopped up because they did win the game. And absolutely. And looking across at the other side of the bracket, you have a Kansas City team who a lot of people feel should have lost that game against uh, Cincinnati, the AFC championship game. Uh, a lot of people say that the, the refs were rigged and blah, blah, blah. The penalty on the final drive. That's a penalty. Yep. Give, given the other circumstances of the game, I get why you're upset. That is a penalty. Come on now. You got to you got to realize something. Okay, like at least from my standpoint, yeah, there was yelling at the TV when the penalty was called, and it's not because it's not a penalty; it's because it's how can you do? It's and a I get frustrating, it. and it's hard yeah. to stop once you start. I get it, like in terms of a tackle, but still, there was just this like recognition of you you got to do everything you can not to touch him, and it didn't look like that was everything that could have been done per se. I mean, I, like I said, it's hard to start, like stop once you start the action, but there was a lot more force behind that than there could have been, I, I guess. And that's why you're like sitting there going, what are you doing? Little, you, just, yeah. you just gave them the game dictionary like, definition, like, unnecessary. Roughness. You know what? The game was given to them before then though, too, because uh, look, you, you asked me last week or no, not last week. I'm sorry. You asked me two weeks before. Once we knew that they were already in the NFC Championship game, because yeah. we did. No, that was last had, week. No, 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 no. You asked me the week before. They had won on Saturday. We were waiting. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who, went, who, who would you preferred? rather? Who would right. you rather play? And I kind like I gave an answer. Like I did give you a solid answer. I didn't like, you know, give you one of those pandering answers that bo takes both sides. You would. Never. I don't. It's but it's you know knowing that we know who it is at this point. Like we know who's in the Super Bowl at this point against them. I firmly believe because because you start wondering already. You're in and you get to watch who it's going to be. They've almost lost both games in the in the playoffs to this point, to an yeah. extent. I mean, they've been in close games that are one score could go either way kind of things, and in both cases, the team that they were playing had a moment where they turned the ball over at a crucial spot. 
So my answer is pretty simple, and I even said this is this is not a prediction. This is well, it is, but it's not like it's not picking a team for it. This is a this is a prediction, though. Oh, if I'll you be asking turn, you for your prediction, by the way, before. But we if, get if out my of this answer segment. is if, if uh, well, uh, then then I'll, I can give it to you at some point. But like, you'll get the hint kind of already based off of this. If you don't turn the ball over, you're going to win the Super Bowl. Fair enough. And there's a team that's playing in this Super Bowl, in particular, that has a has trended that in a positive direction in that light for most of the year. Fair you enough. repeat that, you repeat that you're going to win the Super Bowl, And that's, and, and, and that's why, like, I'm not willing to throw a score on it or anything. My answer is very simply, if you don't turn the ball over, you're going to win. And I listen, I'm okay with getting right into predictions. Um, I can start here. Sure. I mean, I'm not putting a score on it. I'm telling you that now. First but. and foremost, I think the Eagles are going to win the game. I'll come right okay. out with that. That's fair. I think if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, if okay, if Patrick Mahomes is able to operate competently given his injury, I think it'll be a competitive game. I see the Eagles winning a fairly high scoring, like a 35-31, like something like that. If Mahomes is compromised in any form or fashion, Eagles by two touchdowns. I've been going back and forth on this for a while in terms of like, because I don't, I, I'm, I, I definitely never get too overconfident as the games get more magnified because I just don't buy that. Like, it, and it's not a remain humble kind of approach. It's more of a know who you're playing. Like Mahomes sure. has won a Super Bowl. He's been to two of them or two or yeah, two of them it's at this point. One of the best quarterbacks in football. I mean, he's right. he's 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 arguably the best. I would say, and and not Fair only enough. that, he goes. He's on a path of like, not that not that anybody's going to repeat what Brady did, but when you've been to five conference championship games in a row and now three Super Bowls as a result, that's fair. You can start talking bigger conversation with him, obviously, um, just on an individual basis. By the way, not what he does for his team. The only time that he ever showed signs that he was hurting was when he had to roll out to the left. When okay. he rolls to the right, he's fine. When he rolls to the left, he's he was limping. Now, he's got two weeks to recover from the last game. So he and might the Eagles have two fine. weeks to watch tape. Well, I, my answer to that is, is not even, it's not even about watching tape. It's You brought, like, look what, what happened to Purdy on the first drive of the game. No matter what his skill level is or no matter what string quarterback he is, Hassan Reddick came off of the right side and pressured him. And he got hit, and then he got hurt. Well, if somebody's coming from, I'm not saying that Mahomes is going to get hit right away or get sacked right away and turn the ball over or anything like that. But if someone's coming from the right side, your natural move is go left. Go left. Well, yep. if you go left and that ankle's hurting you, then you're going to feel it right away. And yeah, the Super Bowl that they lost because they've like he's won one and he's lost one. The Super Bowl that they lost, he never got comfortable. He okay. was battling a toe injury, and he never got comfortable because the line was depleted. So it, it kind of comes down to, again, another angle of it for me, in addition, in addition to turning the ball over, is if the two areas that I think that the Eagles are the most skilled in, which is offensive line and defensive line, so if you protect your quarterback and get to theirs, you're probably winning this game too. I think that that's another angle of it. So do I think the Eagles are going to win? Yes, I do, because I think that, Somewhere along the ride that this has been, 
you just had a feeling that this was like it became increasingly more and more possible. You know, as they won game after game after game, when they it, were the best team in the NFL at you know eleven and zero or whatever it was. I hear what you're saying. I mean, it wasn't eleven and zero, but yes, to your point, I get it. Like they they were, I think it was eight and zero and eleven and one, and they didn't okay. they didn't lose another like they, they lost were the one, last they were the last undefeated team in the game. They right? were the last undefeated team, yeah. and they lost one game going into week. 15 or 16 or something like like I think it was 16 even because they had three games left they were 13 and one and then they lost two in a row because Hertz couldn't play and then Hertz had to come back and play the most vanilla offense game that I think I've ever seen because they didn't want to have him do anything on the ground right and they still won against the Giants by only six really but one of those touchdowns was total garbage time so they won convincingly enough and then played the same team the following week and destroyed them, or two weeks later, and destroyed them, and then destroyed San Francisco in the process, too. So, like, they've been they've been so consistent, it's hard to... Dominant. Right. It's not even just in terms of dominant. Like, the consistency at which they play gives them an edge, I think. Yep. You know, and it's not to say, like, Kansas City's only lost three games this year, too, so I'm not trying right. to put and, that past them. But and they're a juggernaut team with experience, like we talked about. Sure, but I, you know, it's not like there aren't guys on the Eagles that either don't have experience. You know, you know what it is? There's not guys on the Eagles that don't have big game experience. Like it was. What what, what are we talking here? Two two years ago, three years ago, that I guess it would be two years ago that Devontae Smith was playing in a national championship game. Right. Like for Alabama. Yep. I think he knows what a big game feels like in in a big stadium where it's all on the line one time. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about guys like that. And there's enough veterans on the, like they've got just enough veterans who are having this first time experience too that make a difference. Like like yep. Slay hasn't been to a Super Bowl before, but do you think he's a veteran enough to know how to handle himself? Absolutely. Right. Like I'm not worried about some of these guys. It's it's. And and surely there's got to be guys who have been to the last one who are going to keep them in check and be like, this is what it's like. Prepare yourself kind of stuff like. So talking about guys who are on the last team, that has to bring us to the Kelsey Bowl here. We got to <laughs> we got to touch on that real quick. Sure. First brothers in history to pl- be playing in the Super Bowl against each other. Uh, I'm glad a, we waited to touch on it though, because I, yeah. I kind of agree. I don't want to make because no, it's not a major story. It's it's a neat factoid. In There's a opinion. couple of them though, because like the Andy Reid storyline is the same way. Like it was the Andy Reid storyline five years ago was way better than it is now, and Fair. like they didn't meet in the Super Bowl, but it was like before he had one, before the Eagles had one. That's a great storyline. They both have one now, so somebody's getting a second. You know, that's all. Right. Like, Everyone's not happy. Quite and same... We can be friendly with Andy Reid at right. this point in time. Like, it actually amplifies the Kelsey storyline a little more because yeah. of the fact that it is a first-time brothers against each other kind of thing. Right. So, so there's a petition online with more than 100,000 signatures. Oh, I know. I've seen this. This is Mama, Mama Kelsey should be the one who flips the coin. Well, do, uh, well, do you do you also like? And I'm only bringing this up because of the fact, like, you'll you'll get why in a second. But this, there's a reason why I'm bringing this part of the story up. So, did you see the story about how Jason Jason Kelsey said that he's he, his wife is bringing her doctor with with because with she's some, 38 she's, weeks. He, now, 
I went to the same college as Jason Kelsey's wife, so I do okay. actually know her like okay. va- like vaguely, like not not as well as I know some of the other people I went to college with because she kind of she was kind of in on an off year for me, like I was almost on my way out and she was coming in kind of thing. Right. So it wasn't like I wasn't close with her by any stretch, but I do know her and I like laugh every time I see anything like like the like the pic- like the post that came out on Instagram a couple weeks ago where they woke up and his daughter singing the Eagles fight song. <laughs> over the uh, little the mod- the baby one, monitor type funny. thing. No, it's great, but I'm sitting here and I just laugh because at the end, he turns around and says to, says to her, what have we done? And it's like, you've done nothing wrong, yep. dude. You're raising that girl right. What you've done is you have ensured that you can never play anywhere else. That's what you've oh, done. Oh, he doesn't want to play anywhere no, else. No, absolutely like, not. It, it's, it's come back, and, and I love that he's not like talking about how this could be it and all that type of stuff. Like He's still talking like he's going to come back next year. I wonder. Which, is, which I really believe he might. Like, I wonder if he's got the Mummer's costume in the closet still. The story was he borrowed that from somebody that his wife knows. I don't remember the whole backstory, but I hope he does still have it. It would be awesome. I'm, I'm willing to bet that he's, somebody's given him one if he doesn't have it's, that one anymore. Look, he, but, he showed up to the parade wearing that and then gave the speech that he did five years ago. And I turned around then and I said, he'll never buy a drink never, again. No, I said, I'll never say a bad word about nope. him ever again. And I have not since, by the nope. way, because he's been awesome. And not only that, but like. He he's he's one of the like got to be one of the most unique people that you wish like you wish you knew on a more personal level because of the fact like think about what he's done this year like he started a podcast this year which is with the podcast is awesome with his way. brother with his brother the podcast is awesome by the way great advertising for the podcast by the way I hope they bought a, I hope they bought an ad spot oh, oh I'm oh, what on the oh I hope they bought an ad spot come on have, I mean I'm sure they can afford it it so. would be incredible marketing. Um, so you got that. He recorded a Christmas album with two of his line, offensive line mates, which is great. (laughs) Like, the dude dude is awesome. He's such a, like he, he does for for his, um, he's got a, either it, I'm trying to remember, is it for his charity or is it for like the Eagles autism awareness charity? It might be for that, but he goes down and down the shore and guest bartends at a fundraiser every year. Like that's funny. he is such a like everything he does is like like it's for the people it's here's a podcast to get a better inside look at what life is like as as an nfl player here's a christmas album with your favorite eagles players just because we wanted to do it it was a crazy idea but we pulled it off here's you know i i'm out mingling with the people like so that that whole Super Bowl 52 team is special and will be remembered in this city forever well because you never forget your first but in my opinion, there are three untouchables on that list. Three people who will never buy a drink in Philadelphia again, who will be asked to speak at events forever and ever and ever. Amen. So Jason and Kelsey, because we already said it. Jason Kelsey. Nick Foles. Nick Foles. And Brandon Graham. And Doug Peterson. Well, Doug Peterson's a good one, too, but I thought you were talking I thought you were speaking only players. That's, that's fair, but no. I, Brandon I think Graham it, got the strip sack, so I'm kind of saying oh, yeah. he ever no, has No, Brandon Graham's right there, too, but I just mean in terms Doug of guys Peterson's who a great call. cemented their, well, their because, spot. Because, well, because you're starting to think about it with look, with, with not knowing who emerges as the guy in this game outside of the obvious, like, of right. course your focus is on quarterback and coach, I think, right? Like, it always is. Like, if they win this Super Bowl, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts never have to buy a drink in this no. city either. By the way, Dallas Goddard. Yeah, that's my that's my 
kind of low key pick. I know it's not a okay. super low key. Pick. I got to tell you and I got to tell you something because I've seen the like people posting that they've bet on this multiple times and it's a it's honestly first touchdown scorer? No, 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 no. For MVP. And it's mm. not a bad pick. A lot of people have picked Hassan Reddick. Okay. And it's yep. not like the dude took over the Niner game sure. from a defensive standpoint. It's not a bad pick. All right. Let's get over to hockey. Yeah, we need I to think that's hockey. enough we of football. 20 minutes on the NFL. Okay. Do you have a final score for me or no? No, I'm not going okay. there. I'm going to go. And I'm going to go 35 24 birds. I do think that it's go, like somehow or other, I do think it's going to not maybe not take this many points per se, but I do think they're going to have to get to 30 to feel in control. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Like, I do think that there's an element where they've got to find a way to put up 30 somehow again because they've already done it twice in the playoffs. So they, they, they'd have to do it again. And then, you, you know, you know what I will say about the score really quick to wrap it up? Because I, I didn't give a score on here for last week. But I went over, I watched the game at my in-laws last week and went over there and I told my brother-in-law, I said, right before kickoff, and I went 27-20 because I really did think it was going to be close. But in my mind, my thought process was somebody's thinking Brock Purdy gets hurt in the first quarter. Well, I wasn't thinking that, but in in my mind, you know what my thought process was? Honestly, somebody's going to get three touchdowns in the game, not individually, but one team's going to get three touchdowns and the team that finds the third touchdowns winning the game. And the Eagles had the third touchdown by the end of the first half. And they didn't Fair. give up two either, by the way. They gave up one. So, but but it still held, right? The team that got to the third touchdown was going to win the game. And yes, they lost a quarterback that would have been able to get them maybe a couple more potentially, but they got to the third touchdown. And I don't want to hear any guff from anybody if Mahomes is compromised about this being an asterisk Super Bowl, didn't go through anybody, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, you it. know what? No, I would say let's see how both sides – like because I don't, I don't feel that way coming out of the Niner game. They just dominated defensively. Right. So, so, Kevin, did you watch the All-Star game? Uh, we got to get out of this. <laughs> no, I did watch yesterday. Um, I did not watch <laughs> – God, we're having problems. All right. I did watch yesterday. I did not watch the skills competition. Okay. And I'm kind of proud of that in hindsight. Right. You mentioned this before the show that you saw people ripping it. And here's the thing. You don't have to like the all-star game and the skills competition and everything that goes involved with it. You don't even have to watch it, quite frankly, because, sure, in my opinion, I think people take it far too seriously. I think it is a fun event. I think you have some history with your your accuracy shooting, your hardest shot, your fastest skater, your classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can argue over the new competitions, the uh, pitch and puck, I think. And then the other one was the one on the beach. I don't remember what they called it. Splash um, shot. Splash shot. That's right. And you can argue about those being, you know, good games or effective or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But... I give them credit for trying. Uh, I give them. Credit oh, they try. For, all right. I give them credit for not just sticking everybody into those four core events and saying, here you go. I like that. They're trying to innovate. I like that. They're trying new things. I like that. They're trying to uh, implement with the local community and like work with them and do things right. on the beach and do things at the local golf course. And it's good for the growth of the game. It's good for community outreach. Um, it's intended to be anyway. And it's supposed to be fun. Right. 
it's not supposed to be a serious competition. It's not supposed to be the Olympics. Let's You're be honest. About, are you half, talking about the whole weekend? Guys are so, the, the whole weekend. Half the guys are sauced the whole weekend, and good for them. <laughs> but, like, we're not here to, you know, cut throats and win billions of dollars. Like, we're having some fun hanging out with the All-Stars. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Okay, do you, I, I, do you I, think I, every I, team should have a representative? I don't know. I, I You know, I, I understand why they do it. Okay. It, the same way they do it in Major League Baseball, I understand why they do it. But I just, like, I'd have to go back and look up every team that was, like, every all-star team from each conference that was playing when I was kind of getting into that video game age. Okay. And you started to really know everybody. And it was... And they, like... They had the same willingness over the course of, let's just say, a 15... I, I want to call it a 15-year span, roughly, because I'm going from, like, let's say, 98-ish to 2012-ish, let's just call it. And maybe it was a little bit beyond this that this went on, but I'll stop there, just for sake of argument. Where they've tried things that have actually been okay, that people did find cool, because there's people who suggest these things 20 years later. Okay. Off of or ten years later, off of what they've tried, you had and I, by the way, the the reverse retro nod to the jerseys of the nineties on skills was, night was, was great. No, 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 no. I'm talking about oh the, on the on the actual game itself. Oh yeah, the jerseys were the jerseys that in reference the ones from the nineties. Very those, cool idea. Those jerseys looked so freaking good. So the only, good. The only thing I like, I didn't love the color scheme per se. I know why the color scheme was. Don't get me wrong. I get that that's a Miami thing. Don't right. get me wrong. I just didn't love the color scheme being so equal. Like they differentiated the color. They looked a little too similar on the ice. Yes. I, I agree. If I you, you had guys passing yeah. to the other team. Yeah. They were a little that that one is a valid criticism. I think they could have been a little more bold with the colors. Because outside of yeah. white and black, the the mint green and the the hint the pastel of pink. pink. Yeah. Right. It just blended too easily. Like That's fair. you can't tell. In a in a white arena with white boards and Right. Yeah. No, but I know. beside the point. Like I did, I, I thought the nod to the '90s style but jerseys. Individually, cool. they look incredible. Yes, but I so I thought that the nod was cool. But I'd have to go back and look at those rosters from those teams because, just to make not even make sure that, I because I don't a I don't recall every team getting a representative in those times. Well, they played a full game, right? Which, I, to be honest, that's they, one of the. But they invited twenty people from each conference. I'm willing to bet every team had a representative. Yeah, but there were dynasties at that time. Like, you're not going to tell me that in the 90s you didn't have the Detroit Red Wings sending Lidstrom four, and Iserman and Fedorov and Shanahan, yeah. and it didn't make a difference. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna like, to pick a random year and take a look. Like, um, honestly, give me the 98 All-Star game. Okay, I, I, I looked up 2003. Random. All right, that's fair. Oh, it's funny. That was also in Sunrise, home of the Florida Panthers. <laughs> uh, the game. Show me the rosters. Rosters. Man, Ken Hitchcock was the assistant coach for the uh, the Eastern Conference. He would, yeah, and he would have been coaching the Flyers then, I guess. Uh, yes, three, yeah, yep. absolutely. Uh, starting goalie Nikolai Habibulin. Okay, yeah, uh, but your, that was when Tampa was good. Your defense pair was Scott Stevens and Sandus Ozelinch. Your first line in the was, East. 
Yeah. For who the is Flor- for the playing Florida for? Panthers. That's who he was playing for at the yep. time? I didn't remember that. I always remembered him as a duck and a uh, member of the Colorado Avalanche. Your 03 line, your first line is wild here on the East Con- ahead, Eastern Conference. Your center is Jeremy Roenick for the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. Your right wing is Alexi Kovalev for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Your okay. left wing is Yarmir Yager for the New, the New York Rangers. The Washington Oh, Capitals. Washington. That was right. Yep. Um, Chara yeah, Yager playing, Yager playing with the Rangers was a little later because Hank was in the league by then. Right. Tom Pody from the New York Rangers made it. I think every team had a representative. <laughs> Tampa, Florida, Atlanta, Ottawa, Boston, Islanders, Tampa, Jersey, Ottawa, Washington, Boston, Buffalo, Carolina. I think that's everybody. It probably is, but I right. Well, then, then star power was well, maybe not Tom Pody. I didn't exactly think of his name when you say all star, but right. but nonetheless. And for the record, the Detroit Red Wings sent one player. It looks like they sent Sergei Fedorov in two thousand three. But I know that they were kind of old by then. So well, by that point, you didn't have Iserman anymore. Shanahan was. I don't. I don't think Shanahan was playing in. Um, in Detroit at that point, he might have been out of Detroit right. after the O two year, so I think he might have been done, or you know what I mean. Like he was not on that team anymore. Didn't they still have Dominic Hasek at that point? Um, because no, they would have Hasek was on the O two team. You said it was 03, so... Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, okay. Either way. Yeah, regardless. Uh, we. What do you think... Do, what do you okay, think about do you the format? Know, the three-on-three tournament? That's that's where I was going with this, okay. though, Because when you look at the list, like, you gave a couple of names, and you're like, oh, they were an all-star at one point or whatever. Right. But when you play a full game, there's a little bit more defense to it than, right. like, hey, this is five-on-five. Five, normal three pairs. Games. Right. You need... Yeah, you need a re- re- legitimate roster. Like, like I cry, I kind of, and I kind of cracked a joke, but it turned out to be exactly the case because somebody said as much later. What team was it? There was one team out there. Maybe it was the Metro team. It could have been that had, or well, actually, I'll do you one better because this was mentioned and I didn't remember hearing it. There were only six defensemen in the entire pool group of all stars. Really? Well, two team, at least two teams, only had one. That's friggin' funny. Yeah, we talked about so uh, in forwards the group chat. We talked about defense, Kevin Hayes playing defense, which Johnny Gaudreau confirmed. Like, well, I mean, it makes the most sense. Well, G- like Gaudreau Kevin, even said between me and Panarin, who you know, he's probably the who's most, playing like, defense. Right, Hayes right. is probably the most defensive-minded of all three, so putting him back there made a lot of sense. You know, I gave I, maybe I gave a little bit too much credit to Rod Brendamore on that one, and maybe the players just decided that. But whatever, he did end up with two assists somehow. But like, yeah, still, like. I'll, I'll be honest. I don't think Rod did a whole lot. I don't think any of the All Star coaches do a whole lot of work. I said, "Hey boys, like, no, but Brindamore hey boys, takes- figure out who you want to play with." I'll be drinking beer and lifting weights on the beach. Brindamore takes it a little more seriously than some of the others do. Like he he was Fair. even like, they even had a thing where he was like kind of pep talking it in the locker room last year because he coached last year too. So yeah. turns out like, Carolina's a good team. No, no, okay, like if no, but if you want it, if you must, like to go to that direction, they put Bruce Cassidy up on the screen as like the introductions for the first couple, ever, and he's just standing on the bench, no tie, and you're like, that's right. This is a just chilling moment. That man's having fun. That man is in Miami, and I can tell you that 
look, if maybe Brindamore takes it, maybe takes it to a level of seriousness. And, and of course, he, his team wasn't even in the final anyway. But Jim Montgomery, like, just looked like he was having a ball. And maybe that's because he's back in the league and he's trying to, you know, sure. he's just, and he, you're not trying to. He's just enjoying everything along with him. He's, he's Why wouldn't best, you be? Well, right. He's coaching the best team in the league to begin with, which he we're going to be into. coaching the best team in a while. Right. But, but he, he just seemed like he was having a ball with the fact that, like, I mean, think about it for a second, too. He's got two of his own players on the, on the bench because he has two Bruins representatives because yep. Allmark was in goal in. and yep. Pasternak was playing. And in the meantime, you're like, oh, by the way, Mitch Marner's on the team and Dylan Larkin's on the team. And I got both Kachuk brothers. By and- the way, Mitch Marner's uh, breakaway breakaway challenge little skit thing he came out in like the miami vice like the white blazer and oh it's a nice touch i i was a big fan i didn't really see as much of that one i was a pretty big fan of poster not going with the happy gilmore there that was pretty fun that was funny i i do think however we do need to mention the kind of the hockey history that happened the Sid and Ovi. Oh, Sid and Ovi playing together. That's really the first significant thing they've ever done together like i and it makes a lot of sense. They were rivals for a very long time. Right. It didn't seem like they particularly liked each other for most of that time. They didn't at the beginning. And and, Fair and, in, fair, and in fairness, I, I don't know if you watched this or not. I did. But the, the hour before the All-Star game, they had this special on about Ovechkin's I, chase for the... I ended up seeing like the last final. 20 minutes or so. Well, at the very beginning, or not, I don't say at the very beginning, but like they got through the... Because his first year, you got to... Well, now his first year would have been... I think would have been Sid's first year. They, they were the same year because of the lockout. Right. Yeah. But there was, but there wasn't really as much to it in year number one, I guess. Like I think no, they were both getting their feet under. Yeah. But, but if you like, here's the thing. If you remember Crosby back in like the early days of his career, there's a reason why people don't like him here still because he, he was, you know, very. You know, he would kind of com- he would complain a lot to the officials and things like that. He was a bit of a whiner when it came to stuff, and people didn't like. It. I mean, not a bad man. Well, no, and here's and here's the and here's the thing because I think both have evolved in this way. S- you know, Sid was much more of that in his first few years in the league, and it made people yep. hate him because it's like you're skilled enough as it is, you don't need to be complaining about right. stuff like that. Number one, and I remember watching Ovechkin celebrate every goal like he just won the Stanley Cup, and thinking. That's you know okay, dude. You're a little the, over the top here. Act, like, act like you've been, the world, right? Act like you've been here before. And then I also pointed out something years later that goes right along with this, by the way, because I've said on here before because there was a point where the Flyers had a team that was just maybe like even more. I don't remember which dreadful year it was, but it was one of them. And but I turned around and I said something like like about how scoring a goal doesn't even seem to get them excited anymore, right? Like you go back watch clips from the '90s and guys are full arms in the air, full extension. It's Gretzky it's sprinting across the high stepping across the ice. Right. But I'm talking about like, that's what like, I'm saying. Uh, no, I'm talking about watch a clip from the Legion of Doom era flyers. And every time John LeClaire scores a goal, his arms go straight up into the air. Yeah. Not like, not like a little, like whatever, you know, no straight up in the air, both arms. This is like, whatever. So I kind of came back with that, like came back on that later. And it's like, Scoring a goal is supposed to be fun, and nobody has more fun scoring goals right now than Alex Ovechkin does. So That's fair. It, I get like, sure, you should have fun because at some point, I mean, I gave I give him a lot of credit for he said something at the very end of the show that I agree with because he sat there and he said he's not going to let himself believe it's possible until he's within like ten because he yeah. goes, it's still too far away, and 
what happens if an injury happens or what happens that, you know, he he's right. Something could happen. You never know. And you're too far away from it right now, even though he's within, he's within by this point, he's within 80 at this point, about 80. It's insane. It's insane. like 88. He's within 85. I know that he is. I think he's at 812 is what he's at. So, but But still like, I, I give him credit for not jumping the gun on, well, I just need 85, like what's, or 83 or whatever it is to pass, right. 83 to pass him. What's 83 more? I'm going to finish me. with 50 right. this year. And, <laughs> right. and I'll, you know, he if he gets to 55 this year, which he's already at 32, I think yeah. is what he's at or something. So like, so he's, if he adds 23 more. It's, it's pacing like it's going to be the end of next year or the beginning of the year after that, depending on exactly what his pace looks like. Right. But uh, the the breakaway challenge was really, really nice. Um, him and Sid just kind of passing it back and forth, and they drop yes. it back to his kid. It's a nice little moment. Um, the, kid, the kid ended up being a star in the night, kind oh, of. Oh, yeah. Because it just was – it won everybody over. As as most breakaway challenges go, you know, it wasn't the most technical shot, but they very rarely are. It doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, yeah, um, and, he, the, and he scored on celebrity or you know legend goalie, you know Roberto Luongo is filling. In. By the way, did you see how Luongo had to chirp somebody on Twitter um, because somebody turned around and said, "Oh, if you didn't know, he's fully committed to the Panthers now because he showed up and did that and, and, and wore his Panthers gear and all that right. stuff." And Luongo ch- chimed in and, and and snapped back and went, "If it was in Vancouver, I'd be wearing blue and green." Like right. seriously, like right, like don't take like, it so seriously. It was in Florida. He got invited to do it. Just went into the Hall of Fame, by the way. Yep, Bobby Lou, what a so, legend! Like, why wouldn't you line that up? Absolutely. When they hand you that opportunity, you and when you're Roberto Luongo, you absolutely say yes, yes, please. Sure. So, it, but it's 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 awesome. It's cool. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like. The game was what it was. I kind of mildly paid attention to certain, to a certain degree. Right. Um, the, the, to be honest, though, that's that is the one thing about the format that bothers me. The three on three can be fun. Don't get me wrong. Like you're not going to see the Sid Novi stuff that we saw in a traditional format. I would say it's okay. or it's a lot more difficult. Sure. Because you're not going to get the two on zero. You're not. You know what I mean. You're not going to get stuff like that. Right. But I think it's disappointing that you kind of had to look at the two things like. First of all, by the way, and I'm not trying to put anything down with this, but e- either they care way more or they're just better. One of the two. The Eastern Conference game was way better than the Western Conference game. By a long yeah. shot. And, I, e- and and either it's they're more talented, like they're the better conference, and it's not even close, or... The, the other side didn't care, although there's a reason to believe the other side didn't care as much. Because did I you see f- the stuff about Kirill Kaprizov? Yeah, I didn't see that specifically, but I feel like... Okay, okay I can fill you in. I feel like every year since they've gone to the four teams, mm-hmm. one team shows up like the Capitals showed up to the 2020 bubble. <laughs> they just <laughs> don't care. Well, here's the They're there to drink and have fun in a hotel here's for Here's the Kirill Kaprizov story then for you, okay? Because apparently he backed out of the skill he was supposed to do like three minutes before... And then had no points in the game that he played for the oh, All Star. No. Or actually, I shouldn't say the game because he was he's in both. I think. Okay. He's on the central, right? Yeah. So he had he played in both. I don't think he had a single point. So people even said, if you want to know how little he cares, yeah, 
I hear you, but if you want to know, like, well, no, I'm not saying it's a problem for him. I mean, I, it is what it yeah, is. He, but he's you have to try to not score in an All Star game, especially when it's three on three like this. Um, um depends. I think that uh, I think I think that they, well, I think either they actively did in the first half of most of those games, or goaltending was a little bit better than we actually expect. Yeah, the goaltending was pretty decent. Those guys cared. You nobody told. Um, nobody told. Certainly nobody told Linus Olmark that it was just a little exhibition because he was really trying. He, You know what, though? When you're in your first game and you're probably never expected to get there a little bit, especially as a goalie. I think you're leading and you're leading the you're NHL leading, leading and wins. everything. Right. Um, but yeah, like my problem with the three on three tournament feel of it is that it's way too like. And I saw a couple people saying this, and you're not. It's and you're right, kind of right along the lines of what you were saying with this, and you're not wrong for it. But like, like the idea is that if any, you know, if if they would just stop telling them that once you get through the first game, if you get eliminated, then the bar is waiting for you, and you right. don't have to play in the second game, right. then yeah, you'd lose too, right? Like and that's the thing. But but my problem with from a fan experience point is. Shouldn't you go and get 60 minutes of Sid and Ovi, not 20? And they're gone. They go, like, I'm serious. They don't come out for the first portion of the game anyway. So they're not introduced right. at the same time as the rest of the All-Stars. They play their 20 minutes. They lose. And then they go back in. They get undressed. They do media. And they can get out of and there. They're if they gone. Want and they're at the bar by three or whatever time it was, five. Right. But either um, way, like, and I think that's a problem. Because um, me... From a fan experience, if you were sitting down to tune in, people used to care to watch this game because you guys have the best teams playing with each other for 60 minutes to make game. I think a better like I think better moments come from things like Owen Nolan calling his shot for a hat trick, pointing it out and going, I'm gonna score on one of the best goalies in the world right now. Right here. Boom. Coming at you. And then he does it. And th and that lives on way more than I did something in the three on three. And by the way, I got to leave after like 20 minutes. Um, so I see both sides to it. Like I see, I like until you're really going to punish guys, there's not a whole lot you can do. Cause at a certain point they'll just skip it. <laughs> like we saw it out of Ovi. A couple of times where he's like, yeah, I'll take you're going to give me a one game suspension so I can just stay on vacation an extra two days. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I but at the same time, I do also just like the three on three. I like um, mm -hmm. I nobody wants to watch 10 guys skate around in a pack for two hours. Right. And when, and when you're not hitting and you're not really trying like there's nothing there's a little cash on the line but not enough to matter to these guys it's it's hard to get guys motivated it's hard to make guys care about a game right. that that has no bearing on their season that doesn't like if they get hurt like that's the thing like at a certain point no, you're I looking at you. almost going like the NFL route cuz the NFL going to flag football the NFL, going to flag, no, but the NFL going to flag football is comical in a sense because I understand you don't want people to get hurt and serious injury could take yeah. way longer than it needs to. I get that. But if you really don't try to hit for hurt, if you will, 
every player who's in the Pro Bowl for the NFL doesn't have a game for the rest of their season. And like, like, no, like, no, hold on. And the guys who make the Super Bowl don't go. No, of course. Right. No, but my point is, I can, like, your point has merit for the NHL when it's like, hey, by the way, we still have 30 games to go. Nobody wants to get hurt. And this is not the ultimate prize. It's nice to be honored, but so be it. And, and there's, you know, so I don't know. I like, I just remember there being way more interest in the all-star game when you could include maybe a few more, like, I think that you have to be way more selective with like, I, I don't remember there being fan votes for we've picked every team's representative. Now let's let the fans vote in people so that you can get, and no disrespect in saying this, but so you can get, you know, three Colorado Avalanche players or Stuart Skinner's going to play for, you know, and represent the Oilers when you could, you know, when Zach Hyman's up there in points, you know, or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. Just pick the best players in the game at the moment. If you have to pick a representative from every team, then pick a representative from every team. I get that. But just pick the best players in the game at the moment and have them come and represent their teams. Do you think that anybody didn't want to see Sid Novi play on a line together? That's part of the allure cool. of putting an Eastern Conference team together and saying, look, there's nobody else coming from Pittsburgh this year. There's nobody else coming from Washington this year. These are the two guys, and we're going to put them together, and it's going to be cool. And in the – like, you know, like the, the, the thing that bothers me about it a little bit too is you could see to an extent – some of the three-on-three strategy that's implemented in the, in the regular games thrown into this, which yeah. takes away from some of the excitement, too. There was like, a little bit I, of I circling like, back in the puck position. Right. It just yeah. feels like there's an element of it where it's like, like, like that, n- not going to let the, why do you think I just brought up the thing about e- like either the Eastern Conference two teams were trying way harder at, to make this the spectacle that it could be, or I'm pretty sure the, the, the Western Conference teams were trying to get to the bar. Maybe, but my point is that that's boring. Like, I'm sorry, skating around in circles, circling back to your own zone regularly is kind of boring. I mean, it, it just is. And it, it, I, I like, it seems like it's like, but what's do you the know? solution? Like, do you, do you go baseball and give home ice advantage in the Stanley Cup final to the winner? No, you don't. Put that's not, no, that, no, you don't. But I don't know if there is a good solution. Part of the solution, do you want to know? Do you want to know one? All star games suck. That's the solution. No, I'll give you a good solution because a lot of people have suggested it, and maybe they're right about it because it shows some, a little bit of personality for a change. Bring back the draft. I love that. Let play. Let yep. you pick the all stars as a league. You pick the all stars, and it doesn't matter and, what team they play and, for. Then you get a combination because because what happens when you draft is that's your chance to create new storylines. This right. is your chance to put Sid and McKinnon together because they came from the same hometown. This is your chance to put McDavid and Crosby on the same This team. is your chance or to McDavid put Ovi, Ovi back Matthews. in the green room begging not to get drafted so we can right. win a or car. To put Or put McDavid and Matthews together on the same team, right? Like, there's put, something to there's something to two guys put who are the and captains Eichel on of, the same team. <laughs> yeah, there's something to the two, te- two, two players being captains of their team and then picking players based off of who they think is good. That creates a little element of who's good in this league to each other. I even still like, if you want to keep the three-on-three format, if you want to keep the tournament so that you can still have the Fallout Boy concert in the second intermission, 
have a four team tournament. That would be pretty freaking pick cool. Pick four captains and say yes. pick. And you have a fan vote leader from each division. If you want to, even if you want to implement your fan vote, have a fan vote leader from each division. Boom. Right. In other words, every, everybody, would, everybody would vote by division. Whoever wins, the, there's your I, captain. Yeah. I, sure. And then the thing is, is that depending on who wins the fan vote, then everybody else is up for grabs. So you can still get that. Sure, they can still select their all star pool. Right. I, I like see, I, and I like that. I think that there's because because here's the other thing too. If you've got like, and I'm just using the Western Conference as an example here. If McDavid won a fan vote and McCarr won a, can, a fan vote, so they're the two captains of the two respective Western Conference sides, right? Let's just say that. Right. Wouldn't it be fun if McDavid turned around and said, "I'm taking McKinnon, just so Kale McCarr can't play with him." Yep. Like guys do that. Guys will oh, sit there absolutely. and go, "I'm going to take away his teammate." Absolutely. And, 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 you know, so if Sid's not or if uh, Nate's not a captain, he will be a very high draft pick because people want to counter draft him from Kale McCarr and from Sid. <laughs> right. So I, I think that that's uh, not even say that's an element of it, but like I think you need to try to figure out like that's one way to do it. I think it's better to have those. I mean, I hear you with the three-on-three thing again because then that requires an elimination to an extent. Well, like, and I, I think it's a little more game-friendly, like for the actual game. I, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I think not the really five-on-five All-Star game sucks, quite frankly. It probably it probably does in today's day and age. I hear you. It's just I, I, I think that there's a like there's got to be a better way to allow for both you know both teams to or all the, all the groups to play more than just 20 not even say to play more than 20 minutes but to play more than just one game and you're eliminated like honestly then i'll tell you what because it picks up in the second half every time sure like all of a sudden so give them 10 minutes 10 minutes no 10 minutes make it a rush period just one well, period and, and, and here no and hear me out as to why 10 minutes and all th- all four teams will play each other at least once. Oh, like a round robin. Yes, and okay. then the two teams with the best record at the end come out and play in the final, and you can make that twenty. And does okay. it make the event a little longer? Yes, it does. I hear you, but you can do the exact same thing. And then do and the do the concert before your your finale. Because final there's something game. that's to me there's something that's lost when you sit there and you go. The Pacific and the Metro just got knocked out, so you just took right. Sid Novi out of it. You took McDavid out of it after twenty minutes. That's fair. Like, no, I, I get that logic. I, I and, think, and, and as far as I'm concerned, they don't even see each other. I like the 10 minute period round robin idea. I, like, I like even, that a lot. Like, I think I think that what you need to do to entertain people is, is that, OK, fine. There's such a thing as a final. But then at least every team playing gets 30 minutes. Well, and I also think um, it would be good to stagger out the, the players leaving just for media purposes. It makes it a little easier on your media staff, you, you know. Interview half the players as they're leaving, and then you get to do the other half. You know, you got to respect the back end logistics side of that, right? Right. <laughs> all right. But either way. Um, all right. So, where so, we want to go from here? You I was going to say, any, lines. anything else out of the All Star game? I thought it was a fun little weekend. Uh, the it's, Kachuk, it's the Kachuk brothers had some great chemistry. They yeah. Were, they were lighting a, each other up all night. It's, look, it's, a, it's an attempt to do. You know, to try to do some things to market the game. By the way, something else that kind of just 
caught me is kind of funny. They had this like beach festival thing or something that was supposed yeah. to be part of the thing or whatever, and it, co- it couldn't open yesterday because of the weather. Like, shocker, there was bad weather in Florida. Right. Like, come on. <sighs> There's nothing you can do about that. There's only so no, much you can that, do. I understand that, but it's just like, no, it's just knowing the situation a little bit. Like, you had to close the whole thing down completely. You had no plan for that at all. Right. It was just closed. Like, I'm sorry, what? You know, like. I get it, but you can't expect the NHL to do things well. It's not like they're the fourth biggest sports league in North America. But that's the thing, right? Like, like a perfect, and this is why the draft thing was a perfect example of this. People thought the draft was cool, right? Yeah. The NHL needs to do what they think isn't cool, and everybody else will find it cool. Because it seems like every time they try to do something that they think is cool, everybody else watching sits there later and goes, this is lame. Nice, like, nice try. Right. But lame. Like... It, it that that's the thing. So, all all the NHL needs to do is tap into what they don't think is cool, and everybody else will probably find it cool. You know, it's just so cra- it's so crazy. It just might work. <laughs> all, all right, right. Do you want to get on to some uh, first half stuff because this is like a good time to yeah. We did the Flyers talk- first half. I think um, the biggest story from the first half is where the playoff picture is at. So I think we should go to that. Oh, you want to go to the playoff um, picture? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Looking at it's the in Eastern part. Conference, yeah, they're they're all tied together. We'll we'll, well okay, we're gonna, we're going to talk about individuals within. So yeah, it's fine. so uh, right now, currently in the Eastern Conference, uh, the playoff teams are Boston, Toronto, Tampa in the Atlantic, Carolina, New Jersey, New York uh, Rangers in the Metropolitan, and then your wild card is Washington and Pittsburgh. Um, you got three teams kind of in the playoff race in the East that are currently outside. It's Buffalo, the Islanders, and the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, which of those teams, which of those three bottom teams do you think is most likely to make it into the, the playoff picture? The team that has the fewest number of games played out of them, Buffalo. The Buffalo Sabres. Okay. Um, I, I'm not saying I want to amend that answer immediately after I say it, but like... The hope is because Tage Thompson was hurt late, like literally week of. He was supposed to be at the All Star game. He had to okay. be removed because he wasn't able to play. But he was, and he was literally hurt. I think on Monday of the past, like Monday of last Oof. week. So it's a, it's unfortunate. So if if his injury is not too serious and he can come back, that's a big reason why they would make it. Okay, but they're a te- they're a team that's got a little bit of swagger right now. And I think that Pittsburgh is vulnerable at this. Mo- I mean, Washington sure is too, but like. You look at what they've got. They've got three. They've got Pittsburgh's got one game in hand on them, but they've got three on Washington, and they're four points behind Washington. There's a path, and I can see that team making some noise to just be around because I I think that they're feeling it. I, I think they're feeling slighted to be honest. Like I don't think people are legitimately giving them a shot even now, and I think they take it personally and they want to. And look, they've got a reason to do it. They, they you know. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2011, I believe, right? Right. So I'm sure that some of the guys that are there are wearing that a little bit. Like, look, we got to snap this 12-year drought now. And I think they're ready to try for it. Sure. So uh, I do think I I will say the Islanders are a very interesting team now because when when you follow up everything with, you know, one. That's my team. Yeah, now that the Bo Horvat trade went in, let's see what happens with that. Man, did we talk about that on last week's show? I don't no, remember. No, because it didn't happen it hadn't until happened Monday. Yet. Right. Um, so the New York Islanders trade for Bo Horvat. It's uh, Atu Ratu, 
uh, Anthony Bavillier and a first round pick going the other way. Uh, and conditional, I believe. So it's, it's, okay. I think it's top, it's either top 10 or top 15 protected. I think it's top 10 protected. And if it, um, and if it were to, if that were to happen, it would slide to next year. No protection. Right. Uh, but this is the year where it matters because 2023 is the deep draft and blah, blah, blah. But it, doesn't I, make, it doesn't make a difference anyway, because obviously the goal is for it to not even be close to the top. 10. I I think, yeah, and that's what I think is going to happen. I think the New York Islanders. You think they're going to make the playoffs and it won't matter. I think they have made a significant offensive upgrade. Anthony Bavillier is a nice little player. He's 25. He was in their everyday Do, lineup. Do you see them making the playoffs maybe along with a Buffalo and knocking the two perennials out? Maybe, maybe. I think that's a real op- – there's a real chance that happens. Because um, I like, I think that the four te- – like now that Bo Horvat's part of the Islanders and Buffalo being what they've been this year and kind of being this underdog team a little bit and Pittsburgh and Washington and continuing never, to get older. And never, ever, ever doubt the Rangers' ability to choke down the stretch too. Just... No, nah, but the, but there's no. There, here's the problem though. There's a big difference between the 27, 14, and eight record that the Rangers have and a plus twenty eight goal differential. And, wa- and Washington and Pittsburgh with their records very close. Like, no, I, I think Washington and Pittsburgh are certainly much more vulnerable teams. Let's put it this way: Pittsburgh's one of those classic teams right now where the record fools you a little bit because they're twenty four, sixteen, and nine. Which sounds really good to say, but then so when you, you do the twenty four and twenty five, exactly right. Like even Washington can at least claim to twenty seven and twenty six, right? You know that is fair. Um, no, I, I certainly think Washington and Pittsburgh are the more vulnerable teams, uh, but the Rangers, I still don't believe in the Rangers long term. Like it, they're okay. If Shesterkin isn't sparkling. Right. There's always a chance they struggle. Um, but that being said, I do think the Islanders get in. Uh, I think Bo Horvat, whew, I think that is an incredible ad for that team. It's, yeah. a, it's a good, it's a really good ad that, listen, I, I think that it's one of these cases where multiple things can be true. It was, it was a, it was Fair. a really good, ad, like it's, it was a high asking price. Yeah. Like I think Vancouver did, oh, did, well, there too. I think you can argue that both sides got something of value. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that I think that Vancouver has the possibility of it being the long-term winner of the trade if Horvat doesn't make this more than a rental thing. Well, and the you other know? part of that is when this trade occurred. And this trade occurred about a month before the deadline. Right. Which gives the Islanders a four-week window to try to improve their playoff position See how Bo Horvat fits into their system. Talk to Bo Horvat about a long-term contract extension. And if those things don't come to fruition, if either A, he doesn't fit, or B, doesn't want to sign there, or kind of any number of factors, they right. can still flip them. They can flip them. And they could. maybe they get more. Maybe he comes out and tears it up on the island, and even the team, the team loses some games, and it's not going to work out, and he doesn't want to sign there, and blah, blah, blah. But if he plays well, he can jack the price up. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When's the last time? I I know it used to happen all the time, but when's the last time we saw a player get traded twice in the same season? O- other than like one of those Insta trades, like I think Nolan Patrick was technically a Nashville Predator for ten. Yeah, but I don't count that. That wasn't in season. Right. That was off season. So oh, you're count. right. That's that's fair. 
Like, cause that I think happens way more regularly. Oh yeah. Didn't, yeah. yeah. That, didn't that happen with, um, and it was off season again, so it's not going to count in this one either, but didn't that happen with Mike Hoffman? Uh, that, I like, believe for, like, so. A, yeah. He for was a San minute, Jose he, shark. Right. He was for a minute. He was in San Jose yeah. and then ended up yeah. in, uh, didn't they Florida. play a, didn't they play a video package for him? They might have. I, don't I, th- I think San Jose like flashed a, a thank you message with the first either, time Mike e- Hoffman e- was there. Either way, I mean, it's 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 it, but it's an interesting like the playoff picture in the East is an interesting dynamic because there is a little bit of a race. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say there isn't in the West. There like there is a bit of a race when. Yeah, I haven't even gotten to the West. You know, sure. well, and I think the reason I'm saying it that way is because. I don't think that Buffalo's fourth in the Atlantic Division. I don't think anybody's making up a nine-point deficit. So the top three in the Atlantic are pretty well set. Oh, yeah, that that's locked. Tampa's going to play I mean? Toronto. And like. I would say the same about the top two in the Metro. You know, yes. the Rangers are close enough that that could be shuffled out. I get yeah, that. But, but the Carolina Hurricanes might as well Carolina have the Y next Carolina and New Jersey, I think, are, are locked into the top yeah. two spots as well, kind Car- of. Carolina yeah. might as well have the Y next to their name at this point. Yeah, Carolina's really turned it on in the last couple they're, weeks. Like, they're, they're good, they're, man. Yeah, they're really good. They're good. So I do like the unpredictable. I mean, like, let's put it this way. We we said it the other the other week, and we're not going to rehash a ton of our flyer stuff here. But, like, technically they're in this thing. I mean, they're six points out of a playoff spot, so technically they're part of this, just like Ottawa can be. Doesn't mean that they're a good candidate. Like, that's the hard part of getting behind this type of stuff. You know, if the Flyers were f- not six points back, but let's say five or um, like, let's say they were five or four points back. And n- even if like, even if you're four points back, it's not insurmountable when you're. When you have 30 games left. No, it's not that. It's when, when you're not five teams down. Right. If you're, the, if you're the second team out, if you're where the Islanders are right now, and let's be realistic with the Islanders, let's not look at Pittsburgh as the margin, like, oh, they're two points out of a playoff spot because there's three games difference there. But let's look at where Washington is and say, okay, they're five points back of Washington with a game in hand, as the, like the Islanders are. Is that insurmountable when you only have to pass Buffalo and Pittsburgh or Washington to get into the playoffs? Not insurmountable. Right. That makes more sense. That's easier to accomplish than being where the Flyers are and saying, well, we're tied with Ottawa and three back of Florida and four back of the Islanders and five back of Buffalo and six back. Like, too many to hop. And also, we've played a lot of games. (laughs) Well, played a lot of games, but they're they're not any different. I mean, they've got teams in front of them that have played one fewer or one more, I should say, or Uh, maybe a couple more that you're like, okay, you know. It's doable, but like I can't look at the Flyers, then look at Pittsburgh and say, "Oh yeah, that's an easy like that's an easy gap to make." It's not. No, it's and, not. and we don't expect them to. No, it, I know. That's why I'm right. saying there's you got to kind of come up with a cutoff line. I think you did it well. I think after Florida, I think is where you cut it off. Right. Yep. And there's a chance Ottawa makes a run. God forbid Josh Norris gets back. Blah blah blah. But I don't think that. No, he's out for the so. year. Oh yeah, it's okay. It was. Uh, it, he came back and then I think almost immediately re-injured himself and. Okay. That time when once it came back, it was his season's over. And then um, moving over to the West real quick. Uh, in the Central, you have Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota. In the Pacific, you have Seattle, uh, the Kings, and Vegas. In the wild card, you have Edmonton and Colorado. 
And then really just Calgary and Nashville still in it. And even Nashville is just kind of clinging on at this point. Uh, they have a, they're, they've played a f- only 48 games. They're, they're not as yeah. out of it. Um, but that's really the only race there. Um, Calgary and Colorado are currently tied in points. Uh, Calgary has played two more games. Nashville's an interesting team in this. And I'll, I'll tell you why. It doesn't, I'm not saying it means they're going to make the playoffs. But their path to a playoff spot is all over the place. Yeah. They're three back of a playoff spot if you're looking at Colorado. They have two games in hand on Edmonton, and they're six back of them, so there's a, definitely a path to be right back in it with Edmonton. Absolutely. But, but Edmonton is two points ahead of the team they'd be chasing for third place in their own division. Right. Who also has the same number of games played and is four points ahead. So yeah. it's all over the map. I mean, if and Minnesota re- slips realistically, up Realistically, Calgary's only six points out of leading the division, and like that's not entirely impossible by the end of the season. And realistically, like, I'm not saying this is impossible, but Nashville is only 12 points out of the division lead themselves, and we're talking about them being out of the whole race. Yeah, the West is wide open. Um, Which kind of fuels my point about, like, the All-Star game where it was like, maybe one of these conferences is just way better than the other. Yeah, well, and also the the Western Conference, those guys are a little okay, more worried about the playoff on. race. Can we pump the brakes about something for a second and, and just bring this to attention for a minute? Yeah. Okay. How many All-Stars did the Dallas Stars have? Uh, one? Yeah, Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson. How many, did, how many did Winnipeg have at 65 points? One. Two. Two. Okay. Connor Hellebuck and Josh Morrissey. Oh, uh, Josh Morrissey, right, but right, right. none of their forwards, not Kyle Connor, who scores at a good clip. Right. You know, none of them. Um, how many did Seattle have? One. They had one representative who couldn't play because he right. got hurt. So none. And they never, re- and they never replaced him with somebody on his own team. So right. none, basically. It feels bad for the second year. It team. does. Right. In the um, new market. How many? How many did LA have? Was it just Fiala? Yep. Okay. My point. My point being, the two teams that had the most representatives were your two wild cards. But it's your defending Stanley Cup champion and the best player in the world. Right, but it's, and it's also very heavily fan voted. Oh well, only right. one, no, because only one guy got in from each team, and right. anybody else was a fan vote. Right. Okay. I go to the other side and I sit there now. And granted, Carolina only had one as well. I get that, but Boston had two, and they're the best team in the league. Makes yeah. sense, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, like. It's actually funny because in a roundabout way, the Islanders had two representatives, even though they didn't. Um, and the, did you see the clip of uh, Elias Pettersson and Bo Horvat? Yes, I did. I thought oh, that was one cool. last time. Oh, come on, come on! <laughs> it was weird seeing Bo Horvat wearing Islanders right. stuff, playing for the Pacific team. It was very, very strange. Oh, I know. I hear you. Very bizarre and not something you see very often. Uh, it, it felt almost like a John Scott situation. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but all right. Um, quick update. Even though the Flyers aren't going to get them, I'm going to give us a quick little Connor Bedard update because it's been a couple of weeks <laughs> since we did that. Well, hold on. You can go ahead. Well, yeah, we can. Do yeah, that. I'll look at that up. Yep. No, we can do that. But I feel like that this is one of the stories of the uh, first half that I have in here too because. Okay. Can we talk about Connor McDavid's point total? Stupid. Still stupid. I know, but that's the point. Like, it's yep. a huge... He 
he's got something like outside of his own teammate. I'm like, just to make things clear, outside of his own teammate, I think he's got something like 20 points on everybody else. It, yeah, it's something crazy. And I just want to pull that up because he's got well, 92 we'll start- points. The next closest is Pasternak and Kucherov tied with 72. He is 20 points clear of the next non-teammate because Drysdale has 76. But he's even 16 points clear of Drysdale at this point. It's nuts. He is incredible. Like he's a mutant. Right. Um by the way, your Bedard update is 37 games played, 44 goals, 90 points. Yeah. Uh <laughs> did you did you hear by the way that uh the Regina Pats played a game in the Saddle Dome and it was sold out? Oh, against the Hitmen. Yes. 19,000 people or whatever, 17,000 people, yes. whatever it was, well, be, because, sold out for a WHL game? Because, okay, so, look, not, not that there's many other sporting events going on in Calgary, I get this, but the Calgary Hitmen share the saddle dome with the Calgary Flames. Right. As such, um, when, it, I guess, when a player of that ilk comes in, yep. who everybody knows is going to be a star. You know, oh, I mean, yeah, this put, is a chance to see him well, in let's, juniors. Let's, let's put it this way. I'd, I'm trying to remember who exactly said this. It was yeah. either it was either Crosby or McDavid. I can tell you that much. And I think it was Crosby because I or some I, it was one of those two. But somebody even said there's no weaknesses. No. The average so, ticket, the, best, the, so the best active players in the NHL are already telling you what a star this kid's going to be. The average ticket to that game was sixteen dollars. That is the cheapest you're going to be able to see Connor Bedard for a very very long time. Probably. And that's, I don't know who's look. That's I don't it. know. I don't know who's going to get him. But whenever he comes into town next year, it's going to be a treat. It's going to be sold out, guaranteed. It should be. Yep. Um, so. so anyway, but, but back to McDavid for a second. Yeah, for, yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. For a guy who's putting up ridiculous numbers all the time. Um, so you already touched on it. By the, by the way, I love that he's got a round number of 50 games played. Yeah. Just so that this way you can like already do the law of averages here kind of with this. Right. right. 92 points in 50 games, 41 goals in 50. Uh, how, when was the last time that anybody got that close to 50 and 50? I don't know. Right. Like scary. Yeah. It's scary. How good he is. Like and how, how did Stamkos do the year? He scored. Wait, he scored 70. He scored 60, 65. I thought 65. Okay. There. Maybe is what it was or something like that. Or I know that, Ovechkin's had 65 at some point. Right. Those have to be the closest, but I think Ovi did his in towards the end of the season in a big bunch, but for, per, for, for perspective. And I, I want to be yeah. careful with how we not phrase this, but with how we kind of position this because yeah. much, well, no, but much like anybody else who we could review their numbers over their career, there's some skewed numbers in the fact that the league has lost some games over the years. We know sure. this. Sure. So I hate doing career highs and things like that when you know that they were on pace for better in these right. years that didn't play 82. I get right. it. But in all seriousness, his career high in goals is 40. But he's never had a 50-goal season yet. Well, that's about to change. Oh, it's definitely going to change because he's that three. That might change by the end of February. Because, yeah, by the end of February, it might change. Not, not 50, but he'll have his career high by the end of next week. Right. He's at 41. He needs to get to 45. He'll have yeah, his career done. high in, in, by the end of next week at this done. rate. Um, oh, by the way, what is his career high in points? 123. He's at 92. He needs 41 He's points. smash that. Yes. He got 100 points in the 48-game season. Hello? I think he ended up with like 102. But like, hello? Oh, you mean, what do you mean? Wait, do you mean the 58 or 56? The, the 56. I'm sorry. How many did he, he had, end up with? He had 33 goals and 105 points. 105. Okay. 
In a 56-game right. season, are you freaking kidding me? By the way, and this is why that's why I said caveat, because yeah. if his career high legitimately is the 44 goals and the 123 points, in 56 games, he was going to have 19 more points and probably 12 more goals right. in the remaining 26 games that they didn't play that year. Like, come on. Yeah. The kid is stupid. It's crazy. Like I'm, I'm just like, it's what's making me laugh is he's, and and it's funny because this year more than ever he's not even the most prolific goal scorer. Like we know him as the playmaker, right? So he he's not even at 300 career goals yet. Eight years into his career, like as a pro, like like if he right. was scoring, like if he was scoring at Ovechkin rates and doing 50, like Matthews He'd is going to get 500 that. by now. Like like I, I I should go look up Boston Matthews numbers with like two years less. Yeah. Or a year less in the league and see that the gold number is probably higher. Probably. You know what I mean? But his point total, McDavid's point total for what is this? That's five soon to be six hundred point seasons, and he would have had a seventh if they didn't if COVID didn't hit it in twenty twenty when it did. Austin Matthews has two hundred and eighty four goals. So he has four more in one yeah. less season. Yep. And he's he's probably missed more time. How many games played? Four fifty four. Okay, so that's well, that's about a season less. Okay, that makes sense then, because McDavid missed half of his rookie year, obviously. Really well, and Matthews has probably missed more cumulative time. I, I guess so. Yeah, I I, I didn't think that the he's, well, he's I didn't think that the wrist stuff. Held him, yeah, yeah, but I didn't think it held him out as much. I just, I just thought it held him quiet. Like, well, and so he's I, I, he's had a couple other things over his career. I thought too, he had the game. I thought he had the games played, not the but but still, well, he's missed impressive. two or three weeks at a time. Like, it's, but either but either way, that's impressive, is it not? Oh, no, like, absolutely. Four goals more in 80-some-odd games less. Austin so, Matthews is stupid. Right, yeah. so, but it shows you the number, like, the goal scorer that he is compared to McDavid, the point guy. Like, at this rate, because McDavid's got nearly half of a year to keep going here, he's he's very sim- like very similarly, because let's remember something. We're saying eight years in the league. He's still, he just turned 26, yep. like, two weeks ago. Theoretically, he's got 10 years left. I would say more. I I, I take these guys until they're I, – I take a guy like him who's probably got that skill level and say – Sid's still pumping it out. What's it going to be until he's – well, what's it going to be when he's 40? Because yep. get ready for that. And that's why I, that's why I've said if you assume that he's got – well, let's put it this way. You want to give him 10 more years, I'll, I'll give him even 12. He'll be 38 by his 20th year. If he keeps going at the rate he's going, do you think in the next 12 years he's not going to be able to put up 1,200 points and be the – Second player in NHL history with two thousand, probably. That's the I, way I, I think see it's it. a real possibility, especially if so. the game continues in the direction it's exactly. going, like opening up more points. I and we couldn't let the, and the guy couldn't yeah. play in the All Star game for more than twenty minutes. Sorry, I had to do it again. I had to throw that jab. All right, and on that note, we'll get out of here. <laughs> um, we I are gonna, we are going to be taking next Sunday off in observance of Super Bowl Sunday. Um, I guess there's some Flyers games in the meantime too. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, yeah, to talk I can about I those. can run down I can run down the, what games we're kind of missing here as we get ready yeah. for that a little bit because because they're back effective like almost effective immediately this week. Yeah, like, they're back. They're back Monday against the Islanders, Edmonton, Nashville, Seattle to finish up a home trip, a, ro- a homestand. Then they go on the road and play Seattle and Vancouver. We'll be back. Seattle on the and 19th. the Western Canada trip. Yep, but we'll be back on the nineteenth, kind of mid trip there to talk about that. Yep, and then um, like it's it, and it's just a, it's like it's it's a really interesting structure of a month because 
like they got through the game last Tuesday, which we we highlighted all the games they played the previous week on last week's show. But they got through the game against LA, and then they were going to be on the road for a little bit, and they had just played something like five, four, four out of five at home is what it was. So it was yeah. a really busy stretch. They had those last two. Then they had this bye week with the all-star break hitting. Now they're going to be back for a four-game homestand and then on the road for almost the rest of the month. Yeah. Like, it's pretty crazy how that breaks down. Three games before the road trip to kind of get out to Seattle and acclimatize, and then two days afterward. Four, actually. Okay. And then two days at home to, you know, get home and chill. And if you want me, by the way, if you want to tie it into one of the other news stories we had here, the very first game they play on Monday night when they play the Islanders. That Bo Oh, Horvat's Islanders debut. Man, he's going to light the Flyers up. All right. It could be fun. I mean, we'll see what happens. We'll be back in a couple of weeks, and we'll break that game down for you. Uh, In the meantime, follow follow us on Twitter at YWT Podcast. Follow Kevin at Kevin underscore Durso. Uh, Find the show everywhere you find your podcasts. Facebook, Instagram, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SportsTalkPhilly.com. We're on Amazon. We're on Pandora. I think we're everywhere. (laughs) We are. Um, but make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button. I'm going to do that. And then uh, until uh, two weeks, go birds. Go birds. We'll, we'll see you.